Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. I'm so excited about today's episode because today we're talking about how to know when it's time to quit your job and how to find a better one. I'm excited about this episode because I know that while some of us have jobs we love, that's just not the case for all of us. And if you do have a job you don't necessarily love or that you totally hate, what do you do? Should you leave or should you stick it out a little bit longer? How do you decide? And even if you're sure you want to leave, there's always this fear that you won't be able to find something better. Uh, So how do we figure this out? How do we know when it's time to leave our job and what do we need to do to find something better? Today's guest is gonna help us answer these questions and so many more. Our guest for today's episode is Ashley Stahl. Ashley is a career expert, a podcast host, and an international best-selling author. And she has so much wisdom to offer on this topic. Friends, I can't wait for you to hear from her. But before we dive in, one of my favorite resources for when I'm trying to make a big life decision is counseling. Friends, if you have been considering going to counseling but wondering where to find a good counselor or how to afford it, there's a resource I wanted to make sure to share with you. It's one of our amazing Girls' Night podcast sponsors, and it's Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a website where you can get matched up with a Christian counselor for professional online therapy sessions. This is truly the easiest and most affordable way to find a faith-based counselor. Now, you may have heard me talk about Faithful Counseling before, but just in case you haven't, I wanted to tell you four quick reasons why I love them so much. The first is that it's easy to get started. All you have to do is go to their website, fill out a form about yourself, what you're going through, and what you're looking for in a counselor. And within 24 hours, Faithful Counseling will connect you with a licensed, vetted, faith-based professional counselor. Second reason I love them is that it's really easy to schedule your appointments. Once you're connected to a therapist, you can start communicating with them in less than 24 hours. You can also log into your account at any time and send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses back. You can also schedule weekly video or phone sessions, and the best part is you can do it all virtually. No commute, no awkward waiting room time, less time away from work, you can even do your sessions in your PJs, which I do every single time. The third reason I love them is that it's easy to find the right counselor for you. In order for counseling to be truly beneficial, you have to find a counselor you really connect with. And oftentimes we don't find the right person on our first try. So then we're stuck going through the whole process of breaking up with our counselor, which is awkward, and then starting from scratch to find a new one. But with Faithful Counseling, if you don't love your counselor or if you find that you're looking for something different, you can switch by clicking a button. It is easy and it's free. They really make it easy to find the best fit possible. And then the last reason I love them so much is that it's so much easier to fit into your budget. While I love traditional in-person counseling, it can cost more than $100 per session, which just makes it a total no-go for so many of us, especially in a time when the economy is in flux but Faithful Counseling is significantly less expensive and they have financial aid available. And if you sign up through the special link they gave me, you can get 10% off your first month. Friends, if therapy is something you've been considering or something you think might be helpful for you right now, head on over to stephaniemaywilson.com slash counseling. And that link will also give you 10% off your first month. Again, that's stephaniemaywilson.com slash counseling for all the info and you can get 10% off your first month of counseling there too. Okay, you guys ready? Let's jump into the episode with Ashley. All right, friends, I am so excited for who you get to meet today. I'm sitting here with my new friend, Ashley Stahl, and she is someone that I have been wanting to have on the show for a really long time. So Ashley, welcome officially to Girls' Night. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, So for women who haven't gotten to meet you, I would love to know who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about you. And that can be truly anything. Like, sky's the limit. Okay, love a good sky's the limit. Um, I'm (laughs) a career expert. I'm an author. And I'm a podcast host too, which I have to have you on mine, the U-Turn podcast. And I guess a fun fact is also a career fact. I used to work in counterterrorism and national security. um, And I'm bilingual in French. But my favorite fun fact is that I love cupcakes and I'm a connoisseur of cupcakes in multiple cities. Like I can tell you where to get the best cupcake. The the combination of those things <laughs> is so amazing. It's so amazing. 
I worked in counterterrorism. I worked in national security and I am a connoisseur of cupcakes. Like that yeah. is that is everything. Girl, um, let me tell how, you. What was your what was your who did you work for? What was Earth? Yeah. like is yeah. that a question I can ask? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the protocol. I know <laughs> Stephanie, like if I tell you, I'm gonna have to kill you now. Kill you, I know. Um, I know. I worked for the know. Department of Defense. So I was at the Pentagon for a couple of years. I left there and I did private intelligence um, work for a lot of Fortune 500 companies through a consulting firm later. Um, but my responsibilities at the Pentagon were around Afghanistan and helping NATO withdraw, which we all kind of saw the past couple of years didn't go so well. But this was like 12 years ago that I was at the Pentagon. It's been a really long time. That is wild. And you're wild. French. Yeah. That is... That is it's a random, I'm a so random cool. little package, you know? I feel like it's a little so cool. tropical bird in the snow or something sometimes. <laughs> it's like, where did I, what am I doing? Uh, it's so cool. Everything about that is so cool. Um, <laughs> do you know where to get the best cupcakes in Nashville by chance? You know what? I haven't been to Nashville in ages. Okay. So no, but I will say, I still think across multiple cities, sprinkles, cupcakes, like you can't fail. And I think their vanilla sprinkle cupcake is underrated. And their cinnamon twist kind of tastes like a donut. And I love donuts too. So like, why wouldn't we want a donut cupcake? You know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We're friends. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's so amazing. Um, okay. So Ashley, you tell me about U-Turn really yeah. quick. Um, talk to me about like that. Because uh, that's the name of your podcast. It's also the name of your book, right? Yeah. Yeah. U-Turn, Y-O-U. Um I came up with this concept because I think a lot of people, when our lives feel kind of fuzzy, we go the direction that we came from and we make a U-turn as if we're in bad traffic and we're turning around. And we kind of aren't necessarily more connected to ourselves when we do that. And so I wanted to come up with this idea of a YOU turn, where to me, it's that critical moment of transformation where you look yourself in the eye and you look at the truth, what's really true for you. And instead of muffling it, instead of ignoring it, you let it bubble up and you face it, and you face the fact that the truth sometimes is really inconvenient. And happiness, it's not for the faint of heart. You know, It takes a lot of work to be happy sometimes because happiness comes with saying no. And sometimes opportunities are one of the highest forms of distraction, right? Like we can get abundance from opportunities, but then we can get distracted by opportunities. So this idea of making a U-turn is really around coming home to yourself. And in my book, it was really about helping people with my message, which is don't do what you love, do what you are. And that message is really, you know, I think we were sold as a generation to follow your passion and do what you love or whatever these three worded directives are that we heard, follow your bliss, the money will fall. I don't even remember what it was. Mm-hmm. It's wild because I love fashion, but I'd be an awful fashion designer. I love cupcakes, but like, don't trust mm-hmm. me baking them, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a taste buds thing, not a creation thing over here, okay. you know? Yeah. And I feel like I love film, but I would never be a film director. So I think that there's a disconnect between being a really happy consumer of something and a really talented producer of that thing. Uh, so for me, writing U-Turn was helping people come home to themselves and get really honest about what is my superpower? What is my zone of genius? And how do I get started today and really honoring that? So it's not just the tactical reflection exercises and tools, but also the idea of helping people really understand what their core values are. Because I think there's two core dynamics in our work. There's the what and the how, right? Like the what is, what are you doing? Like, what's the job? And the how is, how does it look, right? And given that 50% of people leave their job because they don't like their boss, What we know to be true from that is that how your job looks matters just as much as what your job is. So it's not just about- like your experience of your job. Yeah, and your core values, right? So like I had a client um, ages ago when I was coaching privately more often. He, He was a really talented salesperson. He really enjoyed selling and he enjoyed selling things he believed in. But one of his core values was integrity. And that's what made him such a good salesman because he would sell things that he really believed in. And when he got laid off in the middle of really hard times, he had to take a job selling something that he kind of felt out of integrity with and he couldn't perform. And it was, and he was so unhappy. And he's like, why am I so unhappy? I love sales. And it's like, well, 
your core values are being violated by this role. Like if, if one of your top values is integrity and you think you're kind of sliming people by selling this, it's not going to work. So really looking at not just the skills and tasks that you're carrying out and title that you're under, but the values that you have and how that shows up or doesn't in the place that you are. Okay, that is so interesting. <laughs> and I have like 47 follow-up questions. Let's go. <laughs> well, so kind of backing up a little bit, you know, yeah. this this episode really is for women who are trying to figure out if it's time to stay and stick it out in their current mm-hmm. position, if this is what they're meant to be doing, or if this is where, if this is a good spot for them, um, or if it's time to pick up and move on. And I think that that, like, should I stay or should I go thing is yeah. so confusing and so hard. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of like a relationship. It's like you're, you're, you have a string of bad days or bad months, you're, and you're feeling like just so over it. You are so ready to walk away. And then you have kind of a good day or something good happens and you wonder, you would just second guess yourself a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my hope just really for this episode is to, for the women who are second guessing themselves or, or like wondering if it's time to stay or if it's time to go, I want them to have some clarity on that. So yeah. before we get into anything else though, people used to say that you needed to stay at a position for two years at <laughs> least. Otherwise yeah. you look super flaky. Yeah. Is that still true? I think if your resume has too many short stints, you look less trustworthy. But I think if you've shown that you can stay somewhere for an anchor amount of time, whether that's... And that's all context based on how many years you've been working, right? So if you've been working for five years in the workforce, if you have one role that was three years and then another that was two years, that's different. Um, I think you can even afford, if you've been working 10 years, to have a six-month stint somewhere if you've shown that you can be counted on somewhere else. It's really just about the anxiety that employers have. I mean, hiring somebody new and replacing somebody, we all know it's incredibly expensive. It costs so much money when they lose a team member, not just to hire them, but to train them. Think about every hour of that HR person's salary that's going into finding and interviewing. It really costs actual money. We just don't think enough about it. So um, more than ever, companies want to find the right talent. And so it's they they want to find the right person. They just need to know that they're not going to put all that time and money into into finding you, only to have you pick up and leave. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. Okay. So it's so it's not really necessarily about two years. It's more like showing that your count you're trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. if you have a string of six month jobs or something, then it then it's probably worth sticking this current one out mm-hmm. for a while to show that you can. Um, but if you've already have if you already have that on your resume, you can you can afford to leave. It depends what to. you're looking for, right? So if you want to have one full time job, then yes, this is the case. But right. right now we're in an era of so much innovation, and I absolutely love it because we're seeing uh, the millennial generation. So I feel like that's us. In 2008, during the recession, we took multiple jobs on to keep the lights on. Like we couldn't pay our bills because we all had loans and debt and all the things. Now, polywork is much more used as a tool for self-expression. And I get really excited about that. So instead of having multiple jobs to pay your bills and piece together rent, you're, I'm seeing Gen Z taking on a lot of jobs at once to express themselves, to say, okay, I'm into this niche of, you know, I want to be a film producer. So I'm going to do this thing for this company and this thing for that one and this thing for that one. And you're part-time in all three of them. And you have fixed hours, or maybe you don't. Maybe you're a 1099, whatever the case is, it allows people to get to know themselves better. And I think that's my biggest message in my book as well is that life is an experiment. You know, there's, I think people get so stuck on am I making the right choice? Am I choosing the right thing? But I think the deeper question is why are you, is there such a thing as the right thing? Right? Like, especially because you talk a lot to your listeners about their relationship with God, it's like, are we ever really alone? Is there ever such a thing as a misstep? I do think we learn, um, but a lot of people, I think we get into analysis paralysis and it's it's so powerless for them, right? It's like, I think that, yes, we don't want to be irresponsible and turn our resume into this graveyard of trial and error. Like, we don't want to do that. It's not yeah. a vibe. But I think there's a lot of benefit to 
looking at your life through this lens. Um, you know, my master's in spiritual psychology, we, they talked a lot about how we're souls having a human experience. And I think if this is just an experience and we're just here, um, why hold it so heavily? You know, um, I also think about dating. Like I dated so many guys when I moved to New York City and before I committed to one. And it felt like every single one was a different universe. And none were better or worse than the others. It was just different planets. And I was like, wow, this person's, this guy's an art collector and his planet involves traveling to pick up pieces of art and talking to artists and going to art shows. This, and it's not just career related, right? It's their energy too. Um, this person is a, you know, screenplay writer and his universe is this. And I just found like, there is no wrong universe. So you're going to step into different universes and different career paths. But as long as you're moving forward, like I heard Reese Witherspoon say the other day, you know, sometimes you're on the back of the bus. Sometimes you're on the front of the bus. Stay on the bus. That's my take. I love that so much. I love the, the like taking the pressure off of it because, you know, I, I think you're right. I think we really grew up in a time and, you know, graduated from high school or college in a time where it was like, what are you going to do with your life? That was yeah. the question that we were asked. You know, it, as you're going into high, into high school, the question is like, where are you going to go to college? And then as you are stepping into college, like you don't even know where your dorm room is. People want to know what your major is. And then, you know, you figure out what your major is and you've like found your first class and then people want to know what you're going to do after you graduate. And and it's just a lot of pressure to find the one right thing. And the idea that there doesn't have to be one right thing, but that we can try on different things and see what feels like it fits. And different things are going to fit in different seasons of life too. And I just, I love the freedom in that. And I love the freedom in like, you don't have to have one full-time job. Like it, yeah. that has really changed. I know like I have, I you know, family members of mine, you know, have had the same job for, you know, 40 years and then retired. And that, you know, that was, that was their career, you know, at the same place. And that's just not how most of us do things these yeah. days. So you don't have to find that exact one right thing. A hundred percent. And I think your purpose moves, right? Like for the new mother, her purpose is being a mother right now. Mm -hmm. And and there's your career might not ever give you that kind of purpose, right? So it's like sometimes, I mean, yes, we spend 90,000 hours of our waking time on this planet at work. That's two thirds of our time awake. It makes sense that we want it to count for something, right? If you're in the yeah. workforce. So it makes sense to seek some sort of meaning in what we're doing. But I think remembering that in life, we're just transitioning all the time, right? Like, I actually think your career, it's almost like there's a series of three lily pads. The first one is, I think, where most people hang out, which is, and I say that with no judgment, is like, this is fine. And some people who say they're fine, they're not in touch with their pain. Other people, they're they're fine. Like, And it's fine to be fine. I feel like there needs to be a movement around that because... yeah. In personal development, it's like, well, why are you just fine? Be amazing. And it's like, you know what? If you feel fine, it's okay for things. Just be fine. Yeah. Um, so some people hang out there and it works for them. Some people are in pain over there. It just depends. I like to get people over to the second lily pad, which is what's your gift? What's your zone of genius? Because when you get there, life becomes a game of yes or no. It's like you're in this riverbed and opportunities are coming at you because it's so rare to see someone who's amazing at what they're doing. And the reason we don't see that is because a lot of people don't know themselves and it's hard to know what to ask for out of life when you don't know yourself. You don't know what yourself is and wants. So once you get to know yourself, you know your zone of genius, you lock in and you're working in the right world. And that allows you to get noticed and that allows you to get a lot of opportunities. Like you know, as a businesswoman, like on your team, there's you see who's amazing at what they're doing, who's clicked in to what they're really gifted at. And it stands out. I think when you say yes or no to those opportunities and you make those decisions for yourself, you eventually have the possibility of moving over to that third lily pad, which I think is a lot more purpose, a lot more divine. So I think that for everyone, um, meaning is available, but does it have to always be in your job? I would say no. And I love what you said about those early years, like trying to figure out who you are. I almost feel like it's the, like pick a major or whatever, but it's like, it's kind of the equivalent of us going to preschool and our parents telling us like your first crush, like marry them. You know, that's what we're doing in our career. Like your first idea of what you want to do, build it, spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on it in your college years or whatever it is, um, wherever you come from and what you spend. 
and and build it. And then it's like yeah. we have this sunken cost. So I think being yeah. more experimental is so healing. Oh, I love that so much. Permission slip, you know? Seriously, yes. I love that. I love that. So for women who are in in a job right now and they're wondering like, is this is fine? I don't know if this is the kind of fine that I'm okay with just leaving fine, like leaving fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we, what are some things that we can be looking for that are like, what are some good reasons, I guess, to, to go, to go, yeah, to leave mm-hmm. a job? I would say the number one question to ask yourself is what is the core skill set this job is requiring of me? So um, in chapter two of my book, I talk about 10 core skill sets I think kind of exist in the workforce. And I don't think we can blanket humans into 10 different buckets, but I can say these are largely what I see. Um, Innovation, words, like service, coordination, analysis, numbers, these are all skill sets. So really asking yourself, what core skills that are you using? What tasks are you carrying out? How are you using your mind, your body, your heart, your energy throughout the day? And is that the skill set that you think is your zone of genius? That's number one. Are you using and sharpening your gift? Number two is, have you exhausted growth with that gift? So do you feel like you're in a carousel where there's no more opportunity to grow? Or do you feel like you're really growing and this is moving forward? Um, If you are growing and you feel like there's still room for your skill set to grow, um, I would be more hesitant to leave. Uh, And of course, there's other factors. If you have an incredibly toxic boss, which a lot of people in the workplace have experienced, there's a point of no return where it's beyond a conversation with the boss. It's beyond a conversation with HR. It is what it is. You can't get reassigned teams or bosses and you have to go. Um, But I think if you're within the bounds of self-respect and you're using your zone of genius and you're growing you really should hesitate on your decision to leave. Mm, That's really good. That's Mm. really, really good. How do we, like, what can you tell us about, like, the timing? Um, You know, as we're asking ourselves these questions, I feel like we we can really get stuck in the, should I stay or should I go? And it's so distracting. Like, having, being in the middle of a decision like that is just, it's really hard to think about anything else. Yeah. And so... I just hate for us to sit there for too long. Like how yeah. long should we be sitting in a place where we're like, do I stick this out? Yeah. Do I leave? Is it worth leaving? Like, yeah. How long I think we stick it up there? In a lot of ways, life is kind of like a cocktail. Like you put this thing together and that thing together and it's going to create its own thing, right? Like one plus two equals three. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the case with personal relationships. And I think that's the case with jobs. So sometimes it's not just about the list of qualities that that person has or the list of things that that job gives you, but it's who who are you in that job? Who are you in that relationship? What side of you does it bring out? So if you plus job equals sad, get to the root of it. Is it a what issue or how issue? Is it a, uh, my skill set isn't really being used here? Is it, I know my core skill set is this, you know, whether you read my book or not, you know, and because of that, I'm not using it here. So I have to go. Can you get reassigned teams? Do you love the how? Do you love the culture? Do you feel like that your values meshes with them and you're just in the wrong job? Maybe you can move teams. So yeah, that, that would be a starting thought that I would have. Something you may not know about me is that I'm fairly particular when it comes to fragrances, especially the ones I have in my home. Don't get me wrong, I love lighting candles, but a lot of the ones I've found in stores have overpowering scents and use chemicals that end up giving me a headache. Plus, I learned that the candle industry contributes to a large amount of carbon emissions and toxicity in our air. That's why I've recently made the switch to Notes Candles which also happens to be today's Girls' Night sponsor. I love Notes because their scents are high quality but don't smell overly sweet or chemically. But what's even more amazing is that they are on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels with their more earth-friendly option. Did you know that there are almost 2 billion candles sold each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? Talk about wasteful. 
But thankfully, Notes does things differently with their refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessels again and again and again. I love this because it's way more sustainable than buying a new candle jar every time you go to the store. And you don't have to feel guilty about throwing your old candle jars in the trash. Plus, it's so easy to do and actually really fun. You just place the wick they provide you in your reusable notes jar, fill it up with their wax beads, light your candle, and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. Once you're ready for a new candle, you just repeat the same steps. They have 13 incredible fragrances to choose from, which are all handcrafted by fragrance experts at Notes Home Base in South Carolina. I am obsessed with their vanilla and pepperwood scent. It's cozy and warm and perfect for a movie night with your friends. But they also have other amazing fragrances like citrus and fresh basil, pistachio and rose water, and bamboo and water lily. I cannot wait to try one for every new season. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. Make the switch and build a starter kit. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code GIRLSNIGHT at notescandle.com slash girlsnight. Just use code GIRLSNIGHT when placing your order. That's code GIRLSNIGHT at notescandle.com slash girlsnight. In the last few years, I've prioritized purchasing food products with higher quality ingredients for my family and myself. Products that have more of the real stuff and less of the fake stuff. And it's been so much easier to make that happen since I found Thrive Market. Thrive Market is my new go-to for buying groceries and household items like vitamins and personal care products. The best part is I can order everything online from my sofa and it's quickly shipped right to my doorstep, saving me so much time. If this is your first time hearing about them, Thrive Market only carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They actually restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, making it so much easier to maintain a healthier lifestyle. You can even use their on-site filters to fit your lifestyle needs. For example, you can look for low sugar alternatives, gluten-free items, or organic kid snacks. They have Annie's, Once Upon a Farm, and Dave's Organic Bread, all staples in our weekly grocery trip. But they also have brands and products I've never heard of, which is awesome because I'm always looking for healthy and delicious things to feed the girls and myself. Thrive Market is not only a one-stop shop for basically everything on my grocery list, but it gave me tons of ideas for products I didn't even know about. And by becoming a Thrive Market member, I save money on all of my grocery orders. Along with saving money, you're also helping a family in need with Thrive Market's one-for-one membership matching program. So if you join, they give. Friends, I seriously look forward to my Thrive Market box every time. They have an incredible product selection with brands that are better for you and for the planet. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash girlsnight for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash girlsnight. Thrivemarket.com slash girlsnight. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Does anyone else feel like they could use more time in the day? There are things you want to accomplish, places you want to go, people you want to connect with, but it feels like you're always falling behind. Something I'm learning recently, well, always, is that none of us can do it all. We all have to figure out what's most important to us, but doing that alone can feel scary and overwhelming. Well, friends, this is one reason why I've come to love therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. You're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. You frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. You really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. 
or you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing I don't have to. I am at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, that's easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the therapist you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're looking to sort through your priorities this year, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Learn to make time for what's most important with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash friendship. Is there any point in... So I I would say this when it comes to dating, Mm -hmm. um, that if you are in sort of a situationship or friendlationship that isn't turning into something, like I would say you need like max six months. Like if you are spending consistent time with someone for six months and they don't know that they want to be with you, like jump ship because it, right. because you've you've shown them all that you you've shown yeah. them all your cards. Yeah. Um so like do you have any sort of t- kind of time frame yeah. for like for that with jobs? Yeah, I mean I love what you're saying with 6 months. I think everybody's different and it's good to have kind of a set point personally, right? So for you at 6 months, I would say I'm quite similar. But there's a psychologist. Um, so I got my master's in psych. And one of the experiments that I saw a lot of therapists using that were training us was around timelines. And the experiment was this. Ask yourself, like if you're in a situation that feels sticky, how long is too long? Is a year too long? You'll feel your body, right? Like I say in my TED talk that, you know, our, our gut is called our second brain for a reason. It has 200 million neurons. So there's a wisdom and there's an intelligence to our stomach sinking or getting butterflies. There's a wisdom and an intelligence to our, a sense of feeling, a, a, you know, constriction or expansion. So like listening to how your body responds to these things. So if I said to you, like, let's say, you know, somebody who's listening right now, they're in a relationship that they're not happy about, whether it's a relationship with work or a relationship with another person. I feel like they're just so like the two of them. But <laughs> um, if I asked you listening, are you okay if you feel this way in a year? And the person listening was like, absolutely not. A year is way too long for me to be feeling. Okay, how about in a month? What if you're still feeling this way in a month? Mm, I might still be willing to work on it. Okay, how about three months? Mm, then I'm starting to kind of get tired. Okay, so four months? Yeah, I don't think I can do more than four months. So it's about asking yourself, what feels really long? What feels too fast? And starting to kind of tune into your own intuition. And I also think like keeping the promises you keep with yourself. So sometimes we need to go in you know, clarity comes from engagement. It's not going to come from thought all the time. So we go in, we engage like, okay, we're going to, our body feels like four or five months is the thing. And after that, we're going to not like ourselves anymore, right? Keep that promise to yourself, go all the way in and then check in. And I mean, it's easier said than done because I think all of our mental healths are not doing as well as a society as they, I mean, they've never done amazingly. But right now I see a lot of pain in the mental health arena. A lot of people who are um, needing support. And so I think if you have severe anxiety, setting a timeline, it's hard because every day feels like a year when you're, if you have anxiety. Um, So you also have to know your energy and your mental health and what's going to work for you. I just saw a couple of friends who co-founded a company and it's almost like we all have different gas in our tank and an amount of gas in our tank. And one of, and her co-founder, the gas just came out of the tank. Like the, she was suddenly like, I don't even want to run this business anymore. And it was so abrupt because she yeah. didn't know herself. She wasn't a t- like, 
in touch with herself when her gas tank was at 50, when her gas was at 25%. So I would say my other advice is just like, get a sense of where your gas tank is as well before you make that decision. That is so... I that Yes, yes, yes to all of that. <laughs> the other thing that... Um, and this is like kind of a maybe random, or, but I just feel like I should say it. Something I've noticed that throughout... I don't know. I mean, it really might just be the course of a month. Like yeah. as women are brains, our bodies, our our hormones like fluctuate. And so we feel differently about, we could feel differently about the same thing, kind of depending on when you ask us. And that's true about being like tired. It's true about having a weird day. It's like, it's everything that you're saying about the gas tank. And like, even this week, I've had to remind myself, like, we don't like, we don't make big decisions when we feel this way. You know, like when you're, when you're feeling down or extra insecure or you're, um, really tired. Like that is, that is not the time to make a decision. Give yourself a chance to sleep, to rest, to recuperate a little bit, and then mm-hmm. you can make a decision from there. But I just always have to remind myself that, like, there's sometimes where my brain isn't as reliable as yeah. other times, or my my heart isn't as reliable because I just am feeling like not my best. Yes, um, and That's so just so. We, Huge. We can't make decisions from that place. We need to like nap on it yeah, and come back to it. Yeah. And I love that you said that because I always remind myself, so I got a medit, I did a meditation teacher training, but I don't really have an intention of being a meditation teacher. I just love meditating. That's cool. That's awesome. And one of the things I learned to, to tell myself when I'm not in my best is, or in the realm anywhere near my best, is don't trust your mind. And it's funny because I always tell people, trust yourself. But know when not to trust yourself. Know when you're like, oh, my mind's really funny today. Like it's wild. It's going wild. It's like, don't, I don't feel right. I don't feel me. Don't trust your mind. And going back to anxious people, because I think there's so many right now, yeah. um, me having been one of them in the past. Um, yeah, it, it's really hard to slow down because our anxiety is going to want an answer now. And, but, but really understand that that's self love. Like, being able to self-soothe and slow down and make decisions from an integrated place, a calm place. I think you're at your most powerful state when you're calm. You know, mm-hmm. I've gone into corporations and helped leaders make decisions. And I just, to me, if they're not calm and they're not grounded, it's like, okay, we can't even talk about this issue until we get your energy right because you're not in a good state. Yeah. Um, so yeah, being able to self-soothe and not trust the mind when you can't is so important. That's so cool. That's so good. How do we figure out, you know, as we're thinking about leaving, I think that there are two like main fears that come up. And one would be, what if there's not something else out there? You know, we start to really doubt ourselves or we doubt that we'll be able to find something better. And I mean, honestly, that's true of relationships too. You're right. Right. There's so many crossovers. So many parallels. Yeah. How do we, are there other positions out there? Are there, like, is there something else out there for us? Yeah. I think that's so important that people remember people are always hiring. There's always needs. Even times of extraordinary economic downturn are also times simultaneously of extraordinary innovation and rises of new concepts. So I think it's so important to stay in that mindset. Um, Is it going to be more competitive? I think that's a real thing. You know, my, in my business, we sold courses um, that I had created 10 years ago and ads were so much more affordable. And I remember people saying to me, you know, you you created this once, you can create it again, this kind of success, Ashley. And I remember thinking, well, the market sometimes can get more crowded and competitive. And that's a very real thing, you know? And I think sometimes in personal development, we'll say, don't be in scarcity, you know? But it's a very real thing that competition exists. But I also think that there being able to stand out is a learnable skill and it's a heck of a lot easier when you're doing what you're meant to do. So it's, and when I say meant, I don't mean like your higher calling, I mean your zone of genius. So when you're in your zone of genius, people will notice you, people will recommend you, life gets easier. I think that's why so many people are burnt out. They're just walking on a path that's not theirs for so long and it's exhausting to be someone else. There's so much in that. Well, okay, so how do we? And I mean, the, I think the the quick answer is we n- just need to read your book. But yeah. um, kind of a, like summarize it if you can for us. How do we figure out what our zone of genius is? Because I think that so many yeah. people are sitting here going, ah, like, and also the fear is 
what if I don't have a zone of genius? I don't think, yeah, you know, okay. So when I started my business as a career coach, like 12 years, 13 years, whatever ago, I remember kind of cringing when people would do the kind of advertising that they would say, everybody has that special something. And I remember thinking, maybe some of us are duds, which is like the saddest thought, you know, but I just thought like- But totally relatable, that Right, like maybe not everybody has a special something for this world that we're living in. Um, I've learned that people do. And um, it's important to know what that thing is. And I think the way you know, just through reflecting with yourself is one way, but another way externally is you can create a joy journal. I, I talk about that in my TED Talk. It's this idea- of every day for 30 days, write what lit you up in your day. And, you know, there was a time when I was at the Pentagon and I worked so hard to get into counterterrorism. I really wanted to be a spy because my people skills, I thought I could use them to really help the world in some way. But when I was there, I was so sad to admit that the joy thing in my joy journal was my coffee break because I really liked the barista next door. And I had to like really look at that. And after 30 days, you'll see a pattern. And you, you don't want to try and write the same exact thing every day, but you'll see a pattern of what skill are you using when you're in that joy? What is it about that? So that's one thing. Um, I have the 10 skills in my book. Even if you don't read the book, I think asking people around you, when have you seen me at my best? Is, is a really powerful question. I had a guy on my podcast ages ago named Dan Cable And the episode was called How to Feel More Alive in Your Job. And um, he would be so great for you to have, Stephanie. He was so insightful. He's like a researcher professor. And he talked about, you know, like how to create a bland job and turn it into a grand job. You know, like he, and he had this thing called job crafting where he said, you know, there's a whole body of work around taking initiative in your role and initiating projects that are high value to them and interesting to you so that you can self-discover more through different tasks. And look, we are all very good at putting a lot more on our plates. It doesn't have to be a huge task. It can be something that's small, but valuable for the team. So I would take some time to take stock and say, what's going on in your role? And is there some sort of project that feels fun for you? What is it about that project? And it was Dan who recommended um, in that conversation to ask people, where have you seen me at my best? Um, Ask people that you feel like have a good sense of you. So colleagues, if you're still in school, um, maybe professors or students that have watched you in some way, dear friends, your parents, it's the weirdest thing to ask your parents where they've seen you or your caretakers at your best. Um, You actually, you know, it's so unexpected things that they'll say. And you can even, you know, tighten it and say, where have you seen me at my best professionally? And I love emailing or texting this and telling them you want their written response because it helps you think, helps you process the information. So I think collecting that information and yet I think a lot of information, it's an overload for us and it takes us out of our intuition sometimes when we're so noisy, we're not listening to ourselves. So I think being really choosy on who you ask that question to is important as well. Yeah. What did you say earlier about... um you said it so much better than I'm going to. So I'm going to butcher and then you can fix it. But you said something about like inaction or like clarity comes from... Engagement. Mm -hmm. Clarity comes from engagement. So there's also a piece where it's like, what if you just try it? Yeah. Like whatever the thing is, what if you just give it a try? And like you're saying, it doesn't have to be switching roles. It can be taking on a new task in your current role or it can be a tiny, like, you know, a small switch. But that... uh, I think I think you just don't know until you know you yeah. until you try something. Well, and that's what's really important. So, like when I was talking about those three lily pads, like the one where you're fine, the one where you know your gift, and the one that you're really feeling on purpose, you're kind of swimming in between those. And I think those seasons are really important. Like there's some years that I'm asking questions, and there's other years that are giving me answers. And so I think it's really important to know what year you're in, and don't commit to the belief that it has to be a year. It could come to you any time. But, you know, I feel like we're in an era where we're getting so much advice and it's so helpful in a lot of ways. But just remember, like, life is the ultimate coach, right? Like, mm. you can let life give you the answer. Like, be with a question. And maybe you're going through a year where you just don't have the answer. Um, but be experimental, be curious. And when you're feeling disconnected, when you're feeling unclear, I think the first thing is kind of this idea of the U-turn, which is coming home to yourself. And what does that really mean? Well, for me... If I were to make a list of people, places, things 
that make me feel most myself. Um, you know, I have a lot of girlfriends I love. There's a couple in particular where it's like coming home for me. And those are the ones that I'm like, I need to up the dial on that person. My best friend, Nicole uh, Napavar, she's a therapist. And it's like, I mean, you know, so lucky to have a best friend that happens to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what that (laughs) means about me. (laughs) But, you know, it's so awesome. It's so useful. And, you know, she's that person for me where it's like, I need to spend more time with Nick. Like, I'm not being me right now. Um, That's one thing. Another thing, I love hip hop music. So I guess that's another fun fact. I took hip hop dance classes. And I think that's from you too. I love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. The best. It's like, yeah, so we, we're just, you know, got to go to our dance classes, get our dance uh-huh. on. And that makes me feel like me. Um, I grew up in LA and the ocean, uh, you know, like if I wasn't sure about life, going to be by the beach, it just brought me back to my senses. And once you get back into you, it feels good to feel good. Like you start to more viscerally feel what a no feels like when you're back in your body. And I think that's the first order of business. There's a thing that we've talked about on the show before about why it is so important that we are in good relationships with ourselves and why yeah. it's so important that we're kind to ourselves and treat ourselves the way we would want other people to treat us. Yeah. And part of it is because when we are speaking to ourselves kindly, we are more attuned to when other people are not. Like right. when we're treating ourselves the way that we deserve to be treated, it, it trips an alarm when other people are treating us poorly instead of being like, well, yeah, same old, same old. Like, this is what I'm used to for myself too. Um, right. I think you, we get to set the standard of like, no, this is how this is how I would like to be talked to. Yeah. You know, I hold myself to that standard and I'm going to hold you to that standard too. Um, and yeah. so just having that, like having your... Self-respect. Or like have, yeah, having your... your what is it called? Like just kind of like having everything be like level so that you can mm-hmm. notice when something's off. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's exactly what I'm saying. Like getting back into your body is your homeostasis, right? Like love that. that's the equilibrium. And so that's where you're aligned with yourself, with spirit, like whatever that is for you. And so I think being able to be in that soulful place, everything that's not it, it gets really easy to see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I think that there are some people who are afraid to move on from their jobs because they feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've come across? Like guilty, meaning like they're not grateful because they don't want it? Like well, the belief like, that they're ungrateful? That or like, you know, I'm an integral part of this team or I'm going to mm. let someone down or like, you know, I think that there are some people who are carrying something for a lot longer than they're supposed to or carrying it more entirely on their shoulders than it belongs or something like, yeah. yeah. Have you come across that with people? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm hearing the word over responsibility. Like people are over responsible mm-hmm. for other situations, places, and people. Unfortunately, I feel like there's so much femininity in me and my business when I'm writing and thinking and feeling, but there's such a masculine energy to this answer that I have. And, you know, both energies are so useful to have. But um, I think when it comes to feeling over responsible, We need to remember that in times of recession, in times of challenge, the company looks at the spreadsheet and you have to go. So layoffs are layoffs and the things are going to happen. So the company is looking out for the company and you need to look out for you. Do not give to a company what you would not give to yourself because they will not do that for you. Um, I think that there's also a sense of self-esteem and security for looking out for yourself, right? Like, whether you're into yoga or whatever spiritual practices you have, there's a whole body of work, um, dialectical behavioral therapy. And one of the concepts they talk about a lot is extreme thinking and how that can be a wound, right? So if somebody's trying to get a new job and in their head, they're like, there's nothing out there. That's extreme thinking, right? And we do that because of anxiety or wanting to control the situation. It's all or nothing, right? So I think that's an invitation to instead of saying, what, you know, what should I do? It's how can I do this? What are the options? Right. So if you want to leave your job and you feel guilty because all these people are counting on you, check in with your own inner counselor, your own guide, whatever spiritual connection you have, and ask yourself what feels an in integrity. Actually, I don't know why this is coming up, but the other day I had a friend in town. And I love spending time with her and I'm renovating a house and these contractors needed to come. 
And I had to tune in with my own inner counselor of like, she wants my full presence. Her flight's at 8 p.m. I really need to get to these contractors at four. Am I a bad friend for like having her go to the airport an hour earlier or two? And I just realized, no, like I, I really should, you know, should be with them at noon. So I'm giving her, I'm stretching. I'm stretching for her and I'm also taking care of myself. So never abandon yourself. Tune into the options and think about what would the most kind transition look like and give yourself that. All of that is so good. All of that is so good. Something that I think is really cool is that when we do this in our lives, and I've, I've found this with boundaries too. That's something we've talked about on the show a lot is boundaries because that's some work, like major work that I've had to do because I yeah. have gotten myself into places where I'm like taking things on more than I should or, you know, holding myself responsible for other people's emotional well-being when that's not my job. Yeah. Um, but I lately have been spending a lot of time, uh, someone in our life who's just awesome is really good at listening to herself and listening to her body and responding and and like checking in with what she needs and then honoring that. Yeah. And it's so cool because I was just thinking about her as you were talking about this and getting to watch her do it for herself is mm-hmm. so inspiring for me. It's like, mm. I'm sitting here going, I didn't know I could do that. And, and yeah. I remember like years ago, I think I was, I was going to do a podcast episode with someone and the person canceled. They said, mm. you know, listen, I have to push this. I'm so sorry. You know, here's what's going on. And it sounds so silly, but I just didn't even realize that that was an option. That yeah. like I could be sick or have something going on or, you know, need to need to reschedule for some reason. I just didn't know that it was an option to like listen to what I needed and respond in that way. And mm-hmm. but getting to watch other people do it gave me the permission to be able to do it for myself too. Really cool. Yeah. And I, I think on that note, another tool from a psychology standpoint is you know, we're all carrying around different aspects of ourselves, right? So there's a part of you that felt sick, right? Like you, but there's a part of you that was afraid of rescheduling. Like we're all, we all have our own little board committee in our head at all times, right? So (laughs) there's like the sick you that's nauseous or whatever it is. There's the, the business you that needs this. There's that. Choose whatever aspect is feeling the most painful for you or the most uncomfortable for you and talk to it. You know, so let's say the like, let's say you're going through heartbreak. Then heartbreak is a pretty loud, loud aspect that you're probably navigating. Let's say you're feeling age, anger, rage, upset, sadness, fear. Speak from the fear. Give it a voice. Write it down on a piece of paper and ask it questions as the adult version of you. And go back and forth with it and see what it tells you as you make a decision. It's almost like one way of relying on yourself, self-sustaining through your decisions versus outsourcing your decisions all the time. Hmm. That's really cool. I, I, you know, you've offered us so many different tools in this. And I, I like it because making big decisions is such, like, it just feels like it's easy to get completely lost in the maze of our brains. And it is. Right. Because there's so much going on. And then, you know, there's, well, you know, my parents expect me to do this, or, you know, I always thought that I would want to do this, or, you know, society, you know, holds this in higher esteem, or, you know, I mean, there are just so many different things. Yeah, that, that weigh on us when we're trying to make a decision. And so I love, and the hard thing is that it's all invisible. Like it's yeah. all happening within our brains. We can't like sticky note it out, you know? Yeah. But what you're you're showing us is different ways to sticky note it out, different right. ways to like, you know, parse out, you know, this is how I feel about this. And this, like to just give it some legs to make it a little bit yeah. more tangible and um, to really hear from ourselves. And, and I really love, that's awesome. Yeah. And also, like you said, time. Sometimes things just need time and you cannot replace time. Like There is no replacement for it. Yeah. Yeah. There is... I know that moving to a new position is a great time to advance. Like, yeah. you know, you're sort of climbing up a ladder mm-hmm. or like rungs of a ladder. It's a great time to ask for a raise, to ask for better benefits. To can you walk us through like what are we? What can we ask for? What is yeah. normal? What is? I think most of us feel like we're bad at this. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited right now that one of the changes we're seeing in 2023 across a lot of different states is pay transparency. 
that feels, you know, those inventions that like you look at it and you're like, this is the most obvious invention and it's doing so well. And it's like, why don't we all think of this? I feel like pay transparency is one of those ideas where it's like, of course, companies should be, there's a wage gap. Like why not create some transparency around roles so that this weird enigma doesn't have to be the case anymore. So much so. Um, So I think that's one benefit that we're seeing right now. But no matter what you're interviewing for, know this. And I think a lot of people do know this. um, Job hopping is going to pay you more forever than getting a raise at work. And even if you get a new job offer, you can present that to work and use that as a tool to get a raise. And it's not manipulative. It's just business. And believe me, HR professionals, hiring managers, they expect you to negotiate. They too have lives and they have bills to pay. And they're thinking about those things every single month too. So I don't think that there's something off about wanting to pay attention to that. The first thing I would do if you're interviewing for something new is I would research the market for that level of responsibility. So let's say you're looking for a job in entertainment. The industry you're in is interesting, but it's secondary to the skill set and responsibility that you're taking on, that you're offering, right? Like a coder can be a coder at Disney and the same day they can be a coder at Google or Chanel. Like it's it's the same skill set. So look at what is that range of compensation for this level of responsibility, first and foremost. Do your research. Look on Glassdoor, Salary Bliss. There's so many different websites for this kind of a thing. Um, Google salaries for that sort of responsibility and job title. Get a good sense of what's the high, what's the low. Then look at your industry. I feel like it's a two-part process. Like, Just look at the responsibility as itself and then the industry. Um, and then I would chunk that range into thirds, right? Like this is the bottom third. Like you don't get to hang out there, Right. The top third is usually for people who've maybe been in the role for a while or a top performer. Usually you don't start in the top third, you get a raise within that top third, right? Like that's the slush room. So I like to say, go somewhere in the range of, okay, like two thirds in. So like the top of the middle, right? Into the top third. And, and if you feel bold and you feel right, you can ask for the top of your range. If you feel like you're in integrity without do it. I think one of the reasons people don't get what they ask or they're afraid to ask for what they want is because they don't believe that they actually deserve it. And that does not necessarily always come from a place of worthiness or not worthy. It comes from a tactical place of like, I'm wanting this pay, but I've never done this before. And I don't have the experience to make this job graceful yet. So they're actually investing and in training you, right? It's a mutual relationship. So I would reflect on yourself, your experience, And sometimes experience feels like the chicken or the egg. That's kind of how I felt working in the government. Like in order to work at the in in counterterrorism, you need a security clearance, but you can't get a security clearance unless you work in the government. So it's like you can't get in without it, but you can't, like it just doesn't even make sense. So yeah, I feel like that's the case with experience. People are like, well, I need experience to have experience, but they won't give me experience because I don't have experience. It's like this weird loop. Um, I want to remind people that you can create your experience. Like there's tons of nonprofits that you can offer three hours a week saying, even if you want to change careers and pivot, right? So let's say you're in communications and you want to move into fashion design. Well, figure out what nonprofits you can offer three hours a week or something manageable, right? Like just because you're offering something free doesn't mean it needs to be 20 hours a week saying, hey, I would love to offer you my design skill set for this. It's something I'm looking to grow. That's a resume builder. So you can create your experience if you don't have it. Yep, yep. I love that. I love that. Any last encouragement for women who are trying to figure out what their thing is or trying to figure out what's next for themselves? Um, I just would, any last encouragement you have, I would would love to hear it. Yeah, I think just to close the box with a bow of salary negotiation, like, I try to tell people, say your, say what you want, like you're ordering a sandwich, you know, at the grocery store. Like, it's a fact. It's just like, you want pickles and you want this type of bread, like period. It's not personal. These are the pickles you want. It's the same thing with salary. Um, I would say the second thing is never make it personal, meaning like if the cost of living is higher somewhere or you want to take a vacation, that's not the employer's problem. It's truly a transaction between the skills you're offering And then the final piece of advice I would say as a whole is clarity comes through conversations. Like if you want to move your life forward um, and you're very introverted, you can do research. I think there's something really special about conversations with people doing things out there that you find incredibly interesting. So if your life is feeling stale or you feel like you're hitting a plateau, to me, that's an inner alarm system that says you need more information. 
Um, and so make that period between those lily pads that you're swimming be fruitful through having conversations and getting clarity, whether that's through you know therapy or just talking to people that went to your same town or college or whatever it is and work in an area you find interesting, have more conversations. So awesome. Ashley, thank you so much for being here. This is so encouraging, so inspiring. I feel like we have so many things to, to chew on and thanks for, for leading the way in this. Thank you so much for having me. And I just can't get over how much you look like Blake Lively this entire time. Like I've just been <laughs> like, every, does everybody tell you she's your doppelganger? No, I've never known I had a doppelganger. Everyone else has one. You're such a queen. Yeah. That is so funny. And I, my day is my whole, my whole everything is made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I love that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Day made. Can't top that. Thanks, Hopefully everybody's day is made. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) Guys, isn't Ashley amazing? I just love her and I love this conversation and I am so happy I got to share it with you. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is I know we talked about a lot in today's episode. And so if you want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's girlsnightpodcast.com. And for every episode, we'll have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about, including all of Ashley's contact info so that you can follow her and so that y'all can be friends. The other thing I wanted to mention is if you haven't had a chance yet, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a second to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We've gotten so many amazing five-star reviews from y'all and you've left the sweetest comments. I can't tell you how much it means to me and it also helps out the podcast more than you can imagine. So if you haven't yet, please take just one second to leave us a rating and a review. Thanks so much. All right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night. And trust me, you are going to love this next one. I'll see you then.